Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of O Jeremiah Talks. A couple of things up top before we get to our conversation with one of our favorites, Corey Gannon. We just announced a ton of tour dates uh, following our new single. So we have a new single out and it's called Liza. You can check that out on Spotify, on Apple, all the things that you check it out on. And we're coming all over the Southeast and New York City, and we're playing a ton of other places in between. So if you go to ojeremiah.com, you will find all of that. And if you want more podcasts like this one, we do one a week on Patreon. So if you go to ojeremiahtalks.com, you can find everything you want to find. It is five bucks a month for the podcast and ten bucks for extra fun things that... uh, is more music related if you're into that sort of thing. So this week on the podcast, we have Corey Kilgannon. We've known Corey for what feels like forever. And we've been talking about getting him on the podcast and it just, it did not disappoint. He, he finished up a house show in our wonderful city of Athens, Georgia, and he came over to the apartment. We had a long, wonderful talk about therapy, music, his creative process, and just about everything in between. I hope you enjoy it. This is O. Jeremiah Talks About Therapy with the one and only Corey Kilgannon. Let's do it. Yeah, we, that, we just came out of it. So we're, we're live. Oh, it just comes right <laughs> in. It just comes we right in. We don't get to hear it live yeah, yeah, in the studio. No. Yeah. Sorry, if it's oh, all, it's all theatrics. Okay. Uh, good to see you, bud. Uh, our longtime friend from... I guess we got to start from, I met you at whenever y'all lived at the Love Shack in Nashville, yeah, I think. Yeah, that's true. I, I was your keys player. You were, you were our minutes. keys player for <laughs> 10 minutes, and we, you came down from Nashville to Hattiesburg. We played with Raylan Baxter. Oh, yeah. And I forgot shows, about right? that. And I remember- And Blue Canoe. That's a really good intro. Oh. <laughs> and Blue Canoe. Yeah, that's, that's a really good intro to Corey Kilgannon, because that was the trip- where you said, yeah, I can totally play keys for for you. And then I think it was the day before the show, you said, hey, real quick, do you know of anyone with a keyboard? <laughs> 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 Which uh, is pretty is pretty fitting to to how I see you in yeah, my mind. That's true. But that was a great show, and I don't know how you got the keyboard. I think you, you whenever you booked the show with us, you said, yeah, dude, Nord, just like set like a, a few buzzwords and then the show came in and I think you had like a piecemealed like MIDI thing with a computer <laughs> that you like borrowed from someone the day of but it still went great right. you just flew in on a surfboard and just landed the show <laughs> and then you were great but uh and then we've we went on tour together last year or the year before it was that like, was uh spring 2018 I think when we did like the little Texas yeah that was kind of a big run, Texas and Athens yeah that yeah. was and that was whenever I think I fell in love with you as mm. as a friend and musician because I learned how, I don't know, we've been pursuing this now for seven, almost eight years. Wow. And I feel like I've had a hard time figuring out the, you know, we're all trying to figure out what kind of artist we want to be sure. and like the thing that we want to be. And I feel like you knew it the second you started. Hmm. Does that resonate at all? Do, do you do you feel that at all? I mean, I think it's a paradox. I think there's like things that I still do now that are probably um, in the same spirit as like the 15 year old kid putting together EPs in high school that um, uh, maybe sort of just like a, you might call it recklessness to it, and just like I love to do this and it feels very natural. But I, I certainly hope it's also 
aged and developed a little bit, sure. but, um, yeah, there's definitely been, um, it's sort of like an intangible, uh, spirit to it that I just, I think is a gift, you know, and, and the way I love to do it. And, um, well, whenever whenever we moved here, we we became really close friends with a couple Miles and Hannah, and mm-hmm. they lived on campus. Mm-hmm. And you know, we were doing that for hey, my name's Jeremiah. Let's hang out. Oh, what kind of friends are we going to be? And they had a record collection, and I was going through it, and it was Baby Cory. We found Baby Cory's oh, record. Wow, I remember that. You let go. That. Let go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's not even the first one, unfortunately. Is that not even the no, first one? No, you can't find the older ones. So hopefully, I think I've <laughs> purged them from the. There's internet. nothing more permanent than whenever a record is on vinyl. I know. <laughs> and so that that's proof you were going for it yeah. as baby Corey. Well, there's like a hundred of those. So I, I mean, um, that record came out, I recorded it senior year of high school and then oh, wow. didn't release it until like, I was the kid who like showed up first semester at Belmont and like put it on a record right away, which I <laughs> it, like makes me shake my head so much. Cause it's <laughs> like, dude, don't do that. Um, but I think I did a Kickstarter and raised the, you know, $12,000 that it takes to make a hundred vinyl. <laughs> not, re- not really that bad, but to make a hundred vinyl is like expensive. the worst business. It, it ends up being like $18 a unit or something yeah. like right, that. And right. it's like, it was totally a, uh, a vanity project of just like, this is really fun. I think my brother might've helped me as like a Christmas gift. Like, Hey, we're gonna, you know, if I'll match you half, if you raise the other, oh, I yeah. think it was like maybe $2,000, you know, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's almost like the first time you drive is when you're a musician, you get your first record on like oh on my actual gosh, vinyl. Yeah. There's it's nothing still, more like spiritual still, than that. Um, mind blowing and really, really special. Even the last album, when I got it on vinyl, it sort of like made me love the album in yeah. a new way that I couldn't before. Um, and we got test pressings for our new one over there. And oh, it's sweet. like, it feels like, the first time you're like, oh, this is finished now. There's no this going is a back. Real thing, because when it's on the internet, it just feels like you could delete it. And it yeah, could, it could yeah. just disappear. Kanye um. does it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but I, Wait, I have... so going back to like you, you saying that like he's always felt, I guess like genuine with his music, right? Hmm. Like uh, as long as I've known you, I mean, obviously we're an influence of like what we listen to. We can't really escape that. Sure. But like, I don't know that you. I don't know that you've ever put out anything where anyone has ever thought, oh, who is he trying to be? Because hmm. mm. you're just you. I feel Thank like, you. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think the range of influence is pretty wide. Um, a lot of times I feel like I'm still just trying to be like Mayday Parade, but not sonically, <laughs> but just, um, just lyrically in- and just the influence. Yeah, I, I, I think you have to be really conscious of who you're emulating in order to not overdo it because for yeah. me there's like songs where i'm like okay i mean even i have a new song that's like um write the song still in bed paraphrase something connor ober said and it's like i know there's these people that i'm you know pulling from and i don't i don't think i'm remarkably original but it's sort mm-hmm. of just you know borrowing your own hodgepodge of sounds and then hopefully a new one comes out of that but mm-hmm. um yeah i don't i don't know i don't it makes it hard to pinpoint a genre too. Cause I feel like yeah. I do just sort of make this wonky. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't focus on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I wonder, so on that tour we spent with you, we're going to jump around a bunch. Yeah, Hopefully this is headed again in a direction, but this <laughs> is a long time. Keys? No, no. I'm talking about the one we did to Texas. Oh, quick note yeah. on that though. Tammy still works at blue canoe. Nice. You remember how she went she around giving everyone a massage? Yeah. yeah. She still works here. That show is legendary to me. I always remember. Do you remember what happened after your set? 
because I feel like you were a little mad, but no. it was awesome. So we played. It was like a horrible audience, if I remember It was a horrible correctly. audience. Just, it was you know, a drinking crowd. And they were giving us beer, and I'm like 20 at the time, so I had two beers. And Cody <laughs> and uh, Col- Colton, right, on bass? Colton, Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he just played on a record. And Both I of them started, uh, like, after the set were tearing down, and I started as well as I possibly can, which is pretty poorly, playing the Charlie Brown theme song on piano. <laughs> and Cody kicks in on drums. And it was like almost like the crowd then like cared what we were up to. They started oh, like sure. dancing and they're like, yeah. And yeah, we're just yeah. like drunkenly pounding. You guys have just put on this like beautiful set of original music. It just shows you what the people want. No, they it's, just want it's, dumb it's very true. Stuff. <laughs> I feel like, cause I do, we played there since and sometimes it's amazing. And yeah. sometimes it's like, like Bono could be reading poetry and no one would care. I don't know why that's what I imagine yeah. the perfect show being. But well, his poetry probably sucks. Anyway, yeah, so. and it's, I don't know why. Bono is always the one I go to. Um, no, I don't remember that. I can't imagine you me probably being mad. It out. No, you weren't like. I think it was just like. Well, damn it, you know. Oh yeah, like, why did we even show up? For this? <laughs> I do. I will say though. And we talked a little bit about it last night. Of all the artists that makes me feel like a fraud, you're at the top of the list. Hell yeah. That's my goal in music. And you're doing it. <laughs> well, it's not only, it's not bec- for anything other than, other than, like, I always envy someone that is just totally comfortable being the thing that they are. Because hmm. I feel like I'm, <clears throat> I can feel myself in conversations morphing into the thing you want me to be. Sure. You know what I mean? Oh boy, yeah. I mean, I I, I resonate with that, and I, I mean, this year especially, I I had huge moments where I felt like a total fraud, and like I was putting forward these ideas and these messages of love and peace, and like you know, I made a pretty wild, like Trumpy protest record, and then like <laughs> on on the flip side of that, as an individual, I just feel like I'm not living up to this standard that I'm like kind of preaching to everybody that I think we all should, and um, I, I mean, I think doing that in a loving way like examining our motives constantly and making music is important and it's really really hard to do that without self-judgment and loathing and so i mean i and and i have artists too i just it's like oh if i could just like approach it that way yeah then i would actually like be a real artist and be doing what they're doing and like we said last night just like i'd get the booking agent and people would come hear my show and Mm -hmm. i don't know there's that way of thinking just like really kind of gets down to the root of uh, creativity and poisons it. So it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's okay that it's in there. I think it, it contributes to what makes you, you, you know, if you didn't have that negative stuff, if it was completely pure, um, that probably wouldn't make for the best song either. Yeah, you know? No, sure. And I think it, it's, it's like a red flag for me because I can't think of why I want to be more like you as hmm. a writer. It's all selfish. It's like, because I do think you're an incredible writer. And when we played in Austin, Texas, I looked out in the audience and there were all these women falling <laughs> in love with you. And like, I just remember being like, he, he has all the things he could, have, and just like that envy, which doesn't sure. do anyone any good. Yeah. But I wonder if you have the same thing that I have, but opposite. I feel like, and this is, I, I think about you way more than I probably should as a, <laughs> as a, as an artist, but I do not have permission from people to feel anything but joy around them. Hmm. And I wonder if you feel the same thing about being sad. Oh, totally. And that's like, I mean, the last year or two, I've started really writing a lot of happy music. I haven't been in the same headspace. And even, you know, I'll show up to a house show and just be in a really good mood and feel like, 
what am I supposed to do now? Yeah. You know, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I really like the balance of like, I'm not just going to put out the hollow two and then put out some like happy upbeat album. I'm going to try to go there slowly. And so I've been letting a lot of songs just sort of marinate, if you will. And sure. like, I'll get around to it, but I'm not in a hurry to like change the sound. I don't know, just being careful with that. But um, yeah, I mean, a lot of therapy and a lot of self work later to like disassociate the identity that I have as Corey Kilgannon, the emo song guy. Yeah. And to, to realize, like, I, I think there's so many fears that like, well, if I get well, if I'm okay, uh, these songs are going to stop coming and, right. and people are going to yeah. turn right. on me. Yeah. And, you know, I think true fans, true, like people that truly get the heart of what you're doing want you to be well. They don't want you to suffer for it. Um, and that's kind of what we were saying about like, I think maybe 20, 30 years ago, that wasn't even true. We sort of put celebrities or, or public, you know, artists on this pedestal of like, they have to be mysterious and hurt and like, um, sort of non-human. And now yeah. with podcasts and with all this, it's like, I feel very able to just share like, Hey, here's a song I wrote four years ago when this was my life. Uh, and here's one now, and this is the journey and like, I'm doing okay. You know? So it's, it's, yeah, so last night I got to see you at a house show, which is just an amazing way to see you play live because people are giving you the attention that it that just the medium deserves. Yeah, for and sure. you when I when you played hospital hymns, it felt like we went back in time mm. to see where you came from. Yeah, to get to the South will soon rise. <laughs> sure, which is like where you were headed, right. at least in that time and space. Yeah, like I love the idea that there's a Happy Corey record on the on yeah, the way for sure, but. I do wonder like what the whiplash will be for the fair weather fans that like, but you're supposed to be sad. Yeah. And that, I mean, I don't think I'm going to put out a hundred percent happy album either. Sure. You know what I mean? That's and that's, and that's, I realize that as I get well and like, as I'm getting deeper in relationship with Corey, uh, my partner, I should specify, I'm not, <laughs> not talking third person. Um, do we still call her Corey Corey or was that just something that we um, did? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not, double Corey. I like that little, a lot of people call her little C, little Corey. I love that. Big Corey, which yeah. is offensive but i'll take it she's um, delightful yeah she's the best but and i and i i actually like you ever have that experience where you're like saying something to someone else and then you realize you're like well this is like true of me but um someone like sent me a congrats message when we posted that we were getting engaged and like it was like i hope this means that you don't write like anymore like that you, you're not they literally said what you're saying like does this mean you're gonna only make like happy music now oh, or man. something and i responded like honestly the deeper I get in relationship with her, the more freedom I feel to explore my own shadow and the darkness and, and the things yeah. I experience. Cause I know there's someone who cares about me and isn't going to let me just like dissolve into that. And I, I mean, I, I really do feel like in the last year I, I've written more, um, maybe not soul crushing stuff, but when I, when I have written some really, really heavy ones, cause I don't know, it's not, it's not all smiles all the time. And, and that's, even though I feel less depressed in general, uh, I, I feel more conscious of the depression when it's mm -hmm. there. I feel like it's not just this cloud anymore. It's like a very specific entity. And so hopefully the songs will, if anything, get like uh, not, not darker in a, in a gratifying to like the dark side of things way, but just sure. I want to articulate the pain of the human experience better like, and it's not going away. It's sure. not going away. No, a hundred percent. Do you feel like you're good at, looking back at your feelings in retrospect with good perspective. Cause whenever I do that, I just feel silly for feeling the things that I felt. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, like sometimes the songs are how that. Like I, I was playing um, uh, Narcotics two two days ago, and literally as I'm singing it, I'm thinking like, whoa, I just like this is how I felt three years ago. Like that's yeah. insane. And um, yeah, I, I mean, it's easy when when we get well to sort of gloss over how bad it once was and to almost crave that again. I think like there's moments of um just like self-destruction that I experience where it's like, why do I want to go back to that so badly? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think forgiveness is super important for yourself. And um, that's what I've been trying to practice lately. It's just that like everything I am now, I had to kind of learn the hard way and that's, you know, not everything, but that's, we, we, we don't listen to other people super well. We have to sort of experience it ourselves. So, And you, we've talked a lot about, a lot about therapy the last yeah. 12 hours since we've been talking. <laughs> uh, how can you talk? What was, what was it like starting that? Sure. And what is it like, like the difference between going into therapy for the first time, as opposed to going in two days or whenever you're going next? Like, um, yeah. is it something you long for? Sorry. This is just a big yeah, open. Yeah. yeah. I'm, it's awesome. So I, I went to therapy for the first time, uh, in college, like several years ago. And it was just like total, I, I literally remember like, and, and there was big life things, but, but just like the depression and the self-consuming, like negative thoughts. Like I came out of class and had like a $10 parking ticket on my car window and just like, it like, it felt like the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And it was just cause I had all this pressure on myself and I like broke down and just like, man, I like need to, I need to do this and it's free at school. And, and that experience was okay. Like the, the, the college therapy, uh, you know, can be pretty worn thin and, and, and it's sort of, you know, they're just shuffling college kids through and we're all kind of going through the same scenario. She gave me a Mary Oliver poem and kind of sent me And that honestly was life changing area. Like, um, a lot of therapists have given me the gift of like, Hey, read this book or just like read this poem. And it's like, maybe there's nothing we even need to talk about. I just need to be armed with the right stuff. But, um, yeah, then over the years, I mean, uh, they've all kind of exposed different things. I had one in Nashville who was specifically for musicians and, and like songwriters and stuff. And that was really cool Mm -hmm. because I thought he understood maybe some of that like heady identity crisis stuff that we all get lost in when we and you pursue can't this and you can't and, tell them oh you don't get it like yeah he, exactly he you know, super he gets, totally it. gets it and yeah. that, i mean that's all of therapy just sort of for me like regulates my tendency to feel like nobody else has ever experienced this particular brand of depression and and and, and it always without fail just like helps me normalize it and i leave there being like i'm, I'm okay i can i can do this and, yeah um so yeah, I mean, I mean, now I really look forward to it, especially, I'm, I'm very thankful that right now the guy I have is like, um, he's just like super rad. Like, I feel like we're going to run into each other at like a big thief show or something and just be <laughs> like, what's up, dude? Um, but, and miraculously my insurance is like fully covering it. So that's been a big shift. Cause the one I had in Jacksonville, I was paying a hundred bucks each time out of pocket. Wow. And that's just like, it, it would. I would go there with all this pressure, like oh, yeah. I better like show up and I gotta really say, get all some the shit cool together stuff. and figure yeah. some things out. Yeah, and sure. now I go and it's like I feel like one or two sessions. It's like we really didn't get into anything that much, but um, you know I'm just relaxed and like hmm. slowly uncovering. Um, and, and maybe I'm, I'm not going there in crisis mode right now. Right now I'm yeah. going there because there's just like a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, you know, family of origin and just like 
kind of childhood stuff that it's it's not and none of it's huge but it's all worth digging through and uh, do you go seasonally or do you go week to week no matter what um kind of seasonally but like I'm a person that probably I would like to just be going at least once a month yeah. for the rest of my life because okay. I just there's a lot going on upstairs and I I need help um and I and I think everybody that it's available to stands to benefit yeah like I said even if it's not crisis like they just they're trained to help you explore what subconsciously makes you you and the more I come into contact with that the less I'm confused and surprised and mad at myself, you know? Yeah. And so, um, seasonally it's like, for, for me, it's like I moved to Seattle and just struggled for months and months and months and months. And then, like I said, kind of from the song, I, oh, that was before we started rolling, but, uh, you know, I'm in an argument with my partner and she's like, you, like you, when you were in Florida, you were going to therapy like twice a month and you just moved across the country and pulled your support system out and like, why, you know, like, what do you do? You know, go to therapy and you know, you never want it to be a weapon, but like, sometimes I just really need someone to be like, dude, go to <laughs> therapy. Cause mm-hmm. it, it's awkward. The first yeah. two sessions feel like a waste of time, like almost always. Cause they, they, it's a relationship, right? Like they have to yeah. get to know you. You can't just go in there for a half hour and expect mm-hmm. anything, anything you shouldn't, you should sure. just like, I don't know. And I, I, I tell people this probably more than I should, but like, session two or three i like to have you know two drinks first and go in there and just, just like, so you can open up just to like really get there and not be playing those games i remember the first like the second time i went in i did that and i said a couple things and he's just like oh you know it's like you you want to try to rock their world a little bit that's their job like yeah that you're not going to surprise a therapist do you ever mm-hmm. surprise yourself when you're doing it yeah oh yeah. yeah i mean the connections that get made and the little things um are really cool you know it's just like oh like i'm doing this because of something of the way i view my mom from growing up. it's just all these little connections that yeah. are um the brain is so weird you know it's the thing we understand the least about which is like the great human irony but um yeah i'm so and and, and uh cory's starting to become a therapist and just like I, i'm really passionate about it i think it's um like similar to the whole podcasting thing. It's just, we're, we're unlearning how to communicate deeply in the modern world. We're memeing everything and texting everything. And, um, I I think I've just, the benefits it's been in my life are so tangible and easy easy to measure. I think this podcast has been the biggest, uh, support of our marriage just because once a week we sit down, look at each other in the face and talk about our feelings. But I don't think that we get this, space in real life often mm-hmm. enough yeah like you know i haven't seen you for six months like, sure you, you know what i mean like the, but we have to face each other talk and like you know like when you leave i'm gonna feel filled up because yeah. we like it wasn't like a i saw you at the show hugged you dude great set left right and like a couple I, small talk points or yeah right. this yeah. is like real and i just don't feel like we do this enough Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's almost like when you have the mic rolling and you're creating something, then, um, in some way you're able to be more vulnerable, but it feels like there's a point to this other than just like us being vulnerable with each other. And and that's sort of the same thing with therapy, right? It's like, I'm going because I am not okay. And like, if I tell this person, they're going to fix me is like the general beginning thought. But then I think over time I realize it's like every moment 
can and ought to be therapy. Every moment is an opportunity to like um, really drive at the heart of what's going on in here and, and share it with people. And, and, you know, hopefully those people are also doing that work and we can benefit each other. And, um, you know, that's not always true. Every relationship you have to sort of figure out how open you can and should be. But yeah, have you ever had to switch um, therapists? Like, cause it didn't. Like... Never drastically. I don't mm-hmm. think think. And, and I know people just, yeah. there's horrible therapists out know. there, you know, like Corey's in therapy school. And sometimes yeah. we talk about her classmates and it's just like, yeah. you know, some people are getting into therapy. Everybody probably gets into being a therapist cause they need therapy. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, therapists have to do an insane amount of work on themselves to be able to take in right. what they take in and, sure. and, and right. not, um, Oh, there's a really good term that she uses for it and I'm totally forgetting, but basically for them to project their life onto your life and not just like do the thing they're supposed to do. Um, no, I, I, I've really had pretty positive experience. I did like my therapist in Jacksonville was a woman Mm -hmm. and she was awesome and kind of like a mom figure and we processed a lot of stuff. And I think when I switched over to the one I'm with now, which is like an older dude, I realized, uh, just maybe the importance of switching every once in a while. Cause there's things that I realized I'd probably never, like I wouldn't have been able to talk to her about sex really in depth. Like sure. I just felt sure too like, uh, and that's probably just residual like Southern Christian manners. But like, yeah, yeah. I can't tell a lady that reminds me of my mom about, you know, right. these things. And right, like, right. I need to talk about them with my therapist. <laughs> sure. So, yeah. sure. Um, you know, if it gets stale, like yeah. I think it's good to switch it up. And I think most therapists would probably respect that. Um, yeah. And help you connect with somebody. That is it. I mean, obviously, there's going to be, like, bad people in any field, but it's it's hard to accept that there are bad people there, you know what I mean? Sure, of course. Or that it'd be, like, I don't know, I had a, uh, I was talking to someone that their therapist, like, were, they were triggered by their client and, like, just, oh, just couldn't deal with what they were dealing with because it was, like, similar to what, and it was just really hard on them, and so they couldn't see them anymore. Yeah. And I was wow. like, dang, I never even thought about that. Yeah, and I, I mean, you know, it must happen just because it's just the, the the sheer quantity of yeah. like, people that come in the door, and I, you know, hopefully, yeah. the therapist is able to just say like, "Hey, this is like not actually something I can mm-hmm. do." Like, you know, I'm just a person too, and like, let me connect you. And hopefully, you know, therapists I would think would work together in that yeah. sense that like, you can just send them to somebody you know and trust to do that mm-hmm. work. But yeah, um, yeah. Well, I think about. Uh, when there's a picture of you that I carry around in my head when we were in Memphis, Tennessee, <laughs> the, so before the show, you were walking around with, uh, I want to say it was a dandelion, but like, I don't Maybe know flowers so. well enough. Or a, uh, uh, um, this one, what is it called? The, uh, white clover. Maybe that's what it was. That's my favorite. <laughs> and you, he pulled you, up his sleeve. you uh, had no, it. I got, I had to remember what it looks like. I think it was, I think it was the day after Corey left. I think. Okay. So all this yeah, in my, right. my memory may have, may be, have morphed this into something else, yeah. but we're in Memphis, Tennessee. You have a Mary gold thing in your mouth. <laughs> like it's like a pretend cigarette. And I'm like, Hey man, are you good? And you pulled it out and you said, it's just all so beautiful, man. <laughs> and it, it was so genuine from you. And I was like, I imagine you're, you can go to the bottom if you want to go to the bottom, but like, I'm sure it's beautiful from the top if you're Corey Kilgannon too. Mm. And I, I wonder how you are in the middle. Hmm. Do you I feel like that's where I freak out? Probably. Okay. That's what, that's what I'm wondering. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's I, a lot of there. I remember going to therapy in Jacksonville and just like 
trying to explain how my life just feels like these crazy waves from like ecstatic, huge, joyful moments playing a great show or doing all these things. And then I get super down in the dumps and like so little do I just rest in that like balanced place. And um, I love that. I mean, my life is like kind of a roller coaster ride and it's when I zoom out and look back at like a year of my life, it's nuts usually. Um, and so that, that, that makes me more patient with myself that like yeah. I freak out whenever I have a week to just like do nothing and organize and, and I'm, I'm trying to get better at that, you know, I'm in just living in the, in the middle zone and it being okay to not have something horrible mm-hmm. or beautiful going on for a few hours. But, um, hmm. yeah, I, I, f- I felt like I got that middle part a little bit whenever you whatever we stayed in Jack's beach and yes, I feel like surfing for you, huge equalizer, huge, right? The the ocean in general, man. Like I, I, in Jack's beach, not that it was always this, but it, it just really was like, um, you know, I felt home for like, yeah, the first time. And, you know, probably since growing up, like it just, um, yeah, I found a lot of balance there, even though it wasn't, necessarily totally healthy for the first couple of years I lived there. I sort of had my like true college experience in a lot of ways when oh, I moved cool. there because we were just like sort of drinking and partying and um, it's, you know, a hopeless little beach town where everybody works at restaurants and gets hammered and doesn't really care about anything. And that I think as I, like the tendency to care way too much was really good there. It sort of made me face like nothing I'm doing matters that much. It's all the paradox of it. It's also very important to me and I'm trying to help people and I'm trying to, but also like, just chill, man, like go to Casa Maria, get a margarita and go surfing and just like live, be, be me for a few hours too. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always have to be, um, art. I don't know. But then, but in that way, then it always kind of is, you know, if you're just like, sort of trying to stay in that zone and yeah I, and i suck at surfing like I, i'm really not great at it but like you're a great teacher <laughs> i never <laughs> you got, didn't I, die so yeah i didn't good. die which was um, the I, but i also didn't stand up so i don't even know if it is such a great like of any sport it's just such a perfect metaphor for life because you, you don't get to do it every day it's not on your mm. terms that you get to like wake up and go surfing there's such a like and when i'm home in seattle i struggle because i don't have something to occupy this space in my life but like yeah every morning i wake up at seven open the phone and check what the waves are doing and if it's good like i'm not doing anything that morning you know what i mean like it all That's gets awesome. dropped and you go and do that sure. because it only comes every once in a while and like um when it comes to just like pure presence like nothing else going on you're in your mind and all that like for me there's nothing else like it i just mm. feel so connected I, I think probably 10 of the songs i've written in the last five years it's just like immediately post surf walk that's amazing home, start playing and it's just there so yeah it occupies a huge like spiritual emotional space for me so that's awesome i did a um, presentation on surfing in the eighth grade nice and slideshows were fresh have you been surfing before nope <laughs> secret life she's like yes i did a presentation went to hawaii for two weeks <laughs> dropped studied. in it got sponsored <laughs> like no 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 None of that, but um, how do you do a I presentation like you, on surfing? You just really, you just really um, get passionate about something you've never done before. <laughs> sure, but perfect. Um, I feel like you really invited us into your space whenever we came because, oh, like, yeah. like not just your physical space, but like um, hearing you describe it, I'm like, oh, we were in his day today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it really is <clears throat> like um, 
I don't know. It's just such a special spot. The the Oasis too, just like my brother's mm-hmm. house and. Um, and then the breakfast place. Brunch house, yeah. There yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, I just felt. You know what I mean. I felt. Yeah, I felt like we were. We went out drinking after the show. You and I left early because we're seventy year olds inside. <laughs> yeah. And it was just really. It was. It was funny. You do. It's a similar thing that you're so, like last night you just opened up the space for everyone to, to feel the way they needed to feel. Mm. Cause you know, hospital hymns is legitimately <laughs> like a gut wrenching song. Sure. And the, the woman I was standing beside literally lost her dog. And the first line of that song is why did my dog have to up and die? <laughs> so, but it just in the same way that week at Jack's beach, which is so wonderful in my, in my memory, yeah, you just make it so safe to, to, to feel ugly and to feel these things like you're just like yeah and we'll we'll come out on the other side and then we'll go surfing and it's great and that's and that's why i love jacksonville because it to me that's how i feel there too it's like i don't living in seattle or living in some big town where everybody's doing music and everybody's doing this like um i think there's just like the subconscious pressure to like keep up an appearance or be whatever you have to be to like keep your career going and in jack's beach i'm just like in shorts and flip-flops going to the breakfast restaurant and like i just feel so uh free from the pressure that living Mm -hmm. in like a lot of cities would put in nashville was where i came from you know what i mean so nashville is the ultimate you know you go to the grocery store in jeans and boots because you might meet a label head or whatever and it's just sure oh so exhausting because i just want to chill and like yeah how do you feel about seattle now I like it. I, I like it a lot. I mean, it's a different country from yeah. Jacksonville and the Northwest. Uh, culturally, I'm just a huge fan of um, the nature is bonkers. Like I can walk like five minutes from the house and be yeah. in what for a Jacksonville kid is like the most nuts forest that I've ever seen. Um, I feel like I've missed just because it's so good. Like in the city, I haven't like done the like little hour road trips and stuff that I need to do sure. to mm-hmm. really see it up there. Um, but it's also, you know, I feel just this like huge longing and connection to be in Jacksonville. I flew my first year, I flew back 12 (laughs) times. I did a transcontinental residency, um, which was really special. And we played the Blue Jay together too. That's a big part of it too. Kara and what she's doing and that, that keeps getting better and better and better. And it's just like, I can, cause we've been, you know, as long as we've been doing this, we've been doing this for the better part of a decade. And that venue still stands out to yeah. me. Oh, yeah. It's, you know what I mean? Like it's, And it's not because it's big and fancy. It's just mm-hmm. like when you're it, with the right people in the right room, it's just amazing. Yeah, it but really is. Did you feel like you still lived there a little bit then if you were flying there that exactly. much? I just didn't let – I tried – my heart was in two places, and those places it, yeah. were very, very far away. And yeah. So like this year, I'm, you know, I don't have plans to go back. I'm, it's going to be hard, but like I need to dig in. Yeah. To Seattle because like Corey's down to move there after if you know if, if that's where it goes and like I've got hopefully plenty of years left to just like hang out in Jack's Beach and Jack's right. Beach isn't changing rapidly. I'm not missing anything. Sure. Um, it's easy to feel because a lot of friends moved back and there's like recording studios opening and I sort of got a full uh, band like ready to go there. Yeah. Um, and so there, there's there's these moments where I, I have this tendency to like rush and want to yeah. get back and like yeah. But I, you know. Like I said, too, when I go back, um, as much as that was a place where I became probably happy for the first time after like a lot of tragedy struck a couple of years ago, um, it was also 
there was a lot of bad habits and a lot of just like mm. um, self-indulgence and things that in the last year I've come into contact with. And when I go home, it's like, it, it it's easy for that to just like rip back to the surface. So yeah. I'm stoked to have another year to just like grow up. And, and when I move back there to be on my own terms and not get tossed around in the waves, metaphorically speaking. Is your brother still there? He is. Yeah. 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 So I, I love living there and um, the, the dream, honestly, like, I don't know if it's a reality or not. It's it, the upstairs is like the Airbnb. It might be where you guys yeah, stayed. I don't know. We stayed there, um, yeah, yeah I'd, lo- I'd love to take that over and, and okay. live above him and build a little like demo studio. You know, there's a yeah. there's a perfect room up there to like cut a wall and turn into like a, a small recording studio. I mean, I don't yeah. expect to be cranking out records out of there, but just to like live up Put there for a couple of years before we would be able to like get our own place or something but yeah, yeah it's such a cool. good little like dreamy corner where you just kind of get away with mm-hmm. whatever you want to like we have the weirdest hangs there we never get in trouble with like neighbors or anything and walkable and, to the beach oh yeah you can that. you can crawl down to the beach and you can crawl to the blue jay so it's like it's just this yeah. perfect you know loading in i did it twice over this boy or it's like all right it's 5:50, and I grab my guitar and I walk out the back door of the house and I just walk over to Blue Jay in like three minutes, yeah. play yeah, a gig, walk home. It's insane. You yeah, know, like, I could Mexican see myself like right there too. Yeah, yeah. And I that's mean, you right. get around on a scooter. You can I, like for yeah. two years, I, all I had was a scooter. I didn't yeah. really generally leave like a five mile Did radius. You leave that stri- yeah, I was gonna say just that one street. Barely. You know what I mean? Like, and this last time I went back, I went to like a couple other areas in Jacksonville that I had just like, I hadn't been there in years because it's 20, 30 minutes away. And there's a lot of other great stuff going on. But yeah, yeah, I just like, I I really think for me, falling in love with just that tiny little strip of stuff was huge. Um, I remember for some reason it just popped in my mind you and Corey ate it on your scooter whenever we were there. that was yeah she wiped us out big yeah. time. i let her drive which <laughs> is so foolish to be like driving it for the first time with me on the back because it really is hard like yeah, yeah. the yeah. difference for me with her on the back is is it's like okay this is you know i have to handle this machine a little differently right um and so yeah it was it was it, I'm surprised we made it as far as we yeah. did, which is yeah. about 25 feet. You know, but I think but, there followed was you like, guys to the brunch house and you threw me your disposable camera and you're like, yes, here, get a shot I, of us. I love that and picture. And I was like, uh, that picture is on the uh, Lazy Deuces album cover for oh, my funny. side project. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Can we talk? I, I feel like I would be remiss if we didn't talk about the process a little bit for you. If sure. That's, yeah. Uh, another Corey lore that I have in my mind whenever on that trip, I was asking you kind of like, so do you write in the morning? Do you write whatever? <sighs> and you legitimately said, dude, I don't play in it. Yeah. It just kind of comes. Sure. Do you, is that still true for you? Um, yeah, to some extent. And I've been, um, I don't know if we talked about this, the artist way. Yeah. You know that book? I've mm-hmm. been going through that and that's been sort of whipping me into shape of like, there is work that I can and should do to like stay open to this. It's not just complete chaos, but um it, it, it does usually come in the morning if I really think about it. It's like I kind of feel I'm bubbling for a few days or a few weeks. It's like maybe I'll have one line or, or just like a, a, a little progression. Thing. Yeah, it's, it's just term. like I feel it coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I don't know, like the a morning will clear up or something. Just somewhere the space opens up and and the really good ones just kind of flood out from that. And it feels like um, – like it's not really laboring over it. Yeah. I, I have a lot of songs like that too, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I still do feel like it's just like um, sort of 
tapping. She just said it in an artist's way. It's like it's not reaching up to pull something down. It's like, oh man, I'm gonna butcher that expression. Never mind. But it just <laughs> it just feels like tapping into like the song's already out there, and then you just gotta you, you gotta, gotta rearrange the parts into yeah. it. And, okay. Um, so that's I mean I don't have a very and that's uh, you you know when I look at you I think like this is if I had a, a, a tenth of the like discipline and organization of, of what it means to be an artist, which is a big part of it, then I'd probably like write a lot more songs and have a lot more going on. And it's just finding your own like lane for that. I think sure. there's probably plenty of writers that just are very like meticulous and, and it's very, um, you know, like building something out of puzzle pieces. It's, you know, this is how it works and here it goes. Yeah. Um, for me, a lot of it's just still, kind of mysterious even to me and um i think for me i have to be disciplined in it because there's so many things like like trying to get my attention now absolutely and you know i can wreck any chance of finishing a song by just checking instagram oh my god yeah and it's it's, it's really destroyer <laughs> it's really tough <laughs> yeah. for me because I, all I want to do is write songs and yeah. and have that but i have to dedicate 2 hours of every morning before the world wakes up yeah just so i can get something done and you went through like a pretty big writer's block right two I've years never experienced that before and i'm curious if i'll survive it when i do well <laughs> i'm on the other end of it i'm on the other end of it now yeah and i realize that uh i like this term that jason isbel says there's no such thing as writer's block it's liker's block and it's just you mm -hmm. don't like anything that you're writing oh wow and so were you writing at all or was it just i was writing but it, it was legitimately garbage sure. right like every song was just like you know there's a gingerbread man and <laughs> like it's just terrible oh, i like that yes. <laughs> but my next song just started <laughs> you don't even you don't even bring it uh, yeah i just did you not like it at the, in writing it or in yeah like even in the moment you're even writing, in like, the moment i'm like sucks. this yeah. is garbage just, i can't believe yeah. i'm doing this what like a, just a state of being sure. well no so i've I really do believe now on the other end of it because this is the first time I've been writing in since I started writing for the fun of it mm. and just, you know, like surrendering my expectation of, oh, this is going to turn into something. This is going to be this thing. It's become now like, how do you get back to why you started writing songs, which is just like, I've got things I want to say. Yeah. But at that point, the reason why I could not come up with anything I liked is because I put the pressure on this has to go somewhere. Sure. And it's, you can't fake that, that thought of like, this just needs to be what it is. Yeah. And you told me, I think it was last night whenever you said it's made me, cause we talked about the macaroni song. Yeah. Sure. Which, uh, is to me the most counterintuitive Corey Kilgannon song. For sure. And, uh, when, when you started it last night, Everyone lit up and they yeah. were, and I wanted, it, it was just, it was so fun for me to watch that and how probably easy it would be for you to discount that song because yeah, of I that. did for years, for know? years. I mean, I literally have this memory of like, right when that song started getting popular and I wasn't even paying attention to it, someone called it out at a show, like play the macaroni song. And I literally said like, no, I'm not going to play that song. <laughs> Like I like shut this person down and I look back, I'm like, Oh my God, that was like an asshole move. Like well, I would never do that now, but I just like didn't, I had no connection to it. You know? Yeah. Just, yeah. Well, it's, you said last night, it makes you want to be more open with the stuff that you put out for because sure. who knows what works. Yeah, and absolutely. for me, I was trying to police 
what we put out and what I wrote yeah. because I only wanted to make cool things. Well, it was For after sure. our album release and you were like, you put so much pressure on that doing something. And when it didn't, then you felt like every song that you had to do after that had like I so had much to, responsibility. Yeah. Like if I just work harder, if I just make the, yeah. and I fall, like, I feel like a little bit to punish myself subconsciously. Like my last couple attempts have been these giant records that I've sunk thousands of dollars and hours and hours yeah. of like planning and doing and nothing on it has even touched like what I did on those EPs yeah. in college when I just like really like kind of blindly threw that stuff together. I mean, Macaroni yeah. Song is like track 10 on an 18 song B-Sides album that were all recorded in different places. And it's just like, I, I really didn't have some beautiful giant concept. I just stitched a bunch of random crap together yeah and i think i think that's the place i'm getting back to is like if it needs to be just like singles or like a b-sides album or whatever just like even the bad songs deserve a a chance sure because like who are we to say what's a good and a bad song it's yeah i i don't even attempt to anymore like last night i you could legitimately play the rhine for an hour and a half and I would have felt like I got what I wanted out of that show. And I'm thankful that that's my second biggest song. Because that's one that I really, really do care about. And I think it's beautifully written. Every time you say Simon's like Dollar that. Bills, I'm, I'm done. It's <laughs> over for me. But then to go... I've written a lot about Simon. When you just said that, he made it into Easter Sunday too. Yeah. I don't even know that much about the guy. I'll have to look him up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Uh, I love the... Um, I, I just... I, I love that you... How do, let me let me put this sentence together. I figured out last night why I have such a hard time meeting you where you are hmm. as a writer. You're so comfortable not having the answer. Sure. And that drives me insane. Yeah. I'm constantly looking to justify <laughs> hmm. the problem. Like I'm looking for a solution before we address the problem. Hmm. And you just seem so open handed with it all sucks. And hmm. this is where we're at. Yeah. I mean, that's that just encompasses outside of music. Like um, you know, my, my whole frustration with like Christianity and spirituality and just probably people in general is our tendency, um, which I think can be particularly male, not that it's exclusive to like sure. want to boil this whole universe into something that we can solve. Like it's a puzzle. And I, I don't, um, I view it less and less as that as time goes on because it's just, we can see it in anything, but like the more we discover the more we realize how little we know, like space, the ocean, yeah. whatever. Every time we feel like we've made this giant progress, it's laughable because we realize that we're just like insanely finite and it's not going to happen. We're sure. not going to crack the code of all this. Um, and so, I mean, it's, it's sort of the same thing with my own, you know, the, the microcosm for me is like, I don't really get what I'm doing here, writing songs and, and, and I, I don't have like, ideologies to try to preach at people but like if we were all more focused on questions than answers and and, and um you know doing that I, I think the answers then sort of show themselves uh no that's all kind of vague but um yeah, I mean I just don't know I, I don't know what half the songs are about last night someone came up to me and, and was talking to me about a song and what it means to her. And it just like, it couldn't be any different than what I wrote it about, you know? And so it's like, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. I, I feel this pressure as a, I'm about, I, I turned 30 in two weeks. Mm. I feel this pressure to have an opinion mm. on every single matter. Sure. And I, I'm, 
I'm thinking a lot about like the kind of person I want to be at 30 and I want to be more willing to not have an opinion on something to be at the table and just be listening. Mm. Your new record talks a lot about feminism and it talks about like, Hey white dude, you don't have to talk as much. And that's had a big impact on me because I feel like I deserve to have an opinion on transgender and Mm. abortion and all these other things. But the fact is, is that like my we don't need anything from me at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was such a weird thing to be the white guy waving the flag of white guys should stop waving flags. You know, like it's, (laughs) it's all a little cryptic and and hopefully like, uh, I mean, I think I did things in the album to like acknowledge the irony of the album and it's, it was all pretty meta for me anyway. Um, But yeah, I mean, I like what you say. Songwriting and art to me is so much more about listening than speaking that's one of um the best there was a guy i looked up to in college that was um he's actually like a in a big christian band and stuff so it's kind of funny how some of it doesn't stick and some of it is beautiful but um gave me some of the best songwriting advice ever two words pay attention it's just like Hmm. paying close attention to what is going on and and being open to um really seeing it how it is not how i'd like it to be yeah um yeah, it's 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 really strange. Just like the amount of conversations I have that are like half baked ideas on these huge ominous things. Of course, and how great it would be just to be able to have the permission to go. You know, I honestly haven't even earned an opinion on that. For sure, and that oh God, when you were talking about like transgender and even just like um, you know gay rights and all that, something I care a lot about in the sense yeah. that like. Like, why does anybody care so much? You know, it just doesn't make any sense to me that, like, it, it, it is, if you're not gay, then you don't really need to have an opinion on it. Or you don't need, you certainly don't need to be, like, going to war over it. Because it, it, sure. it's just, there's so many more important issues that we we all should have opinions, like climate and things that are, yeah. you know, really important. Like, um, and that's not to say I get to decide what's important and what's not, but certainly some things seem a little more pressing than Yeah. Others, I was I was listening know? to a podcast this morning on the Australia fires. Yeah. And I was sure. just like, why aren't we all talking about this right now? Yeah. Like why can't what we should all have a meeting and just figure out how we can how we can figure you it's know just, it's impossible to care about everything. Of course. And like what if we just all cared about what we cared about? <laughs> yes. Yes. And but there's enough people to care about mm-hmm. all of it. Yeah. You know, and, and the thing that's annoying is those meetings are happening, but they're a bunch of donkeys. Like, you know, you've got <laughs> right. the president and, the, and the, the people that are seeking out those positions of power seem mm-hmm. to very rarely be doing so because they're interested in, in that particular right, thing. fixing yeah, yeah. this yeah. thing. And yeah, I mean, and, and even if they are, I think a lot of them also treat issues like, like I said, like it's this thing that can be solved and not like it's just this like nuanced dance that we need to um really skillfully apply effort Mm -hmm. to it's just none of it's super black and white you know obviously that our planet's just not it's mysterious and wild and like it takes creativity you know it doesn't take stacks and stacks of codes and laws to make this all work right it takes creativity which is not boxable you know sure it's yeah, you know, it's our tendency to want to put it in a box that we can wrap our heads around. And when we do that, it always leaves someone out. Yeah. Always. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if this is even a helpful question, but for some reason it just popped in my mind and it bookends this because like we're going back to therapy for a second. Sure. You do such a good job caring about every single person 
<laughs> in a lot of ways. Are you that nice to yourself? No. Um, no. <laughs> I wonder why that is, though. Um, hmm. I, I mean, I think possibly there's like a double edge of like, I wouldn't want anybody to feel about themselves how I feel about myself. And I know firsthand how like fragile of a state one can be in where like I wouldn't want to say something to somebody else that I know would have crushed me oh, yeah. when I was in that place. Um, and, and I'm getting a lot, I've just had to do so much work of like non-judgment and non, cause you know, I mean, growing up in the Christian environment I did, it was um, maybe subconsciously, but like tons of residual shame and guilt and just, yeah. you know, like I'll be sorry for anything. I'll be sorry for <laughs> stuff that isn't even my fault. And so, um, yeah, I, don't, I, I think that that's like, something um we all need to be um and it's getting better i don't know you see like memes and stuff which is funny but that sometimes that feels like how you get like the global pulse of what's going on in oh the world. sure it's, it's like, like the, what's the, the modern political cartoon right yeah um but you see them about like on both sides you see memes about like being i'm so depressed i'm gonna whatever and then you see them about like self-love and and, and, and it, i think it is sort of creeping its way into our collective consciousness that like Hey, the, the relationship you have towards yourself literally shapes how you see the world. You know, it, yeah. it, it, it definitely does. And so mm. when my relationship to myself was one of judgment and, and, um, self-loathing, I think so much of my behavior was just like begging somebody to tell me that I'm okay and that I'm, yeah. I'm good. And like, this is, this is okay that I'm here and, mm. and, and I'm exactly the way I am. That's so true though. Cause then you're also wondering if the world's okay. <laughs> And, and yeah. a lot of times it's not, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. but it's, but it's, it's not just, it's not just my self-hatred that's causing Australia to burn down. Right. right. It's, it's, right. It's, it's much, much bigger than just me. Yeah. So like I can let go of the need to save it all. And that's mm -hmm. a big mm. thing. Like the savior complex of like, yeah. um, you know, even just growing up, believing you have the message that if everybody in the world believed they won't go to hell and it's up to you if you don't yeah. do it then like we're right. such what pressure oh yeah i mean i went on like 10 mission trips you know what i mean like i sure. grew up with this stuff mm. and now i just i think i'm helping way more people towards peace and love by like just working on it for me and writing the songs that i need to hear mm. to to grow past that and um but it's it's definitely gotten better and better and the more i'm forgiving for myself and loving towards myself i'm just generally so much happier and so much uh, more excited to be on this earth and uh, I don't see it as just like a big cosmic waste of time or joke or, or mm -hmm. prison you know it, it, it has parameters but um, this is a pretty wild thing we get to do you know yeah <laughs> how do you take care of yourself beside therapy um uh, I, I mean the whole morning routine is like I the, the days that I have two to five hours, which is, I don't have a job. So my morning routine can be 9am to like two o'clock PM. But, <laughs> um, you know, reading is big journaling the, the, the morning pages she suggests like waking up. It's I did game, it this morning it's a and, game and just dumping three pages. Oh my God. It's, 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 it's a game really changer. night and day. And the more I do it, the better. Um, vitamin D, I take a lot of that. Oh, I mean, I've got lots of different um, exercise was huge. Like I just, um, I had a pretty bad injury a couple of years ago and like just got really out of shape, stopped moving. You know, I didn't run. I didn't 
do anything. I just, we, that's, that's whenever we became friends. Yeah, probably so. And so like that, just taking like autonomy over my own body and exercising and moving and doing mm-hmm. that. And, and I mean, I just, you know, in the last probably a hundred years or something, I think our amount of, uh, lethargic, you know, so many of us are just couch dwellers and that's fine it's not it it's hard to find that balance of not like judging myself for the days where i just want to eat donut holes and like lay on the couch and watch the office because that's great too but um yeah doing that Mm -hmm. really helped um yeah drugs (laughs) (laughs) but honestly i mean uh you know i have all these songs about like mushrooms and stuff and i'm always like on the edge of like Oh, maybe that guy's like done psychedelics once, but, um, those have really, really changed me. And I'm, I'm actually doing like a microdosing thing right now where oh, are you? every third day I'm taking like a, an imperceptible amount of magic mushrooms. Um, and, and just for the couple of weeks I've started that it's, I mean, I'm, I'm I think, but it's a six month regiment. But I think it's gonna like totally change my life. Honestly, it, it yeah, I feel like neuroplasticity, the, man. It like it can literally restructure how your brain works. Yeah, so. what is the um? I literally don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, but, cool. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> was it yeah, they're, was they're, it Ram Dass that? Yeah, yeah, and he, he just he just passed. Yeah, he did. He's yeah, a huge. But he was the me. guy that kind of like had like started this movement. Yeah, him and Timothy Leary and like the the and I've done wait if you get me started I'll never stop. But like the LSD was invented too in like the thirties maybe. And like the amount of clinical, uh, like addiction breaking and just like the stuff that was going on before the sixties where it became like 20,000 people naked under the golden great bridge, like fanning each other. And you know, it just like, it got weird. They're weird. It can get really, really weird, but like they're so powerful with what they do subconsciously. And like, um, I mean, uh, really, I, I'm I'm fascinated in, in how they could play into, like, someone's spiritual life. Like, for me, um, like, literally neurologically what's happening is your brain is, like, firing and clearing out ruts, and it's operating like you were when you were four years old. Like, color, sensitivity, all of it is just, like, amazing again. And so, to me, like, you have this Bible verse of, like, be like a little child. Like, that's the point, or whatever, he, mm-hmm. however he phrases it, like, consider the children. And um, it... it, it neurologically brings you back to like a place of awe where you could just be like staring at a pencil and it's like, Whoa, that's That's so cool. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm really for them, but they're, they're serious. You know, you can't just like eat a bunch of mushrooms and then like be in live your day. Right. No. And and it's not a one. Sure. People like to think you just take it and like it kills your ego. And then you're just like this perfect, happy person. It's not, I've, I've done them a lot. (laughs) And like, (laughs) um, you know, there's plenty of ego still there, but it, it, always without fail like exposes me to something mm. in me that i'm you know uh, that's there that i i could learn to live with or i can keep suppressing do you ever fear that you're like growing out of creativity mm. wow that's a great question i mean i think i'm afraid of like getting past that stage of life where it's uh, almost manic and it just like takes over your life and I'll have periods where the songs are just coming um, like prolific you know I, I I think I'm almost afraid of like that five-year period where I just like get married and like do all the normal stuff but um, mm-hmm. yeah I don't know I, I also just feel like if I never wrote another song it would really really 
bother me for a couple of years, but I, I've written plenty, you know, I mean, so mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I've, I've offered a lot and like, I also want to learn to just like live my life because mm-hmm. I only get one shot at it too. And I want yep. to enjoy the hell out of it. So, um, I, I mean, I like to, th- oh, I always try to think that my best work is forward, not sure. the macaroni song, you know, like that's haunting <laughs> yeah. and being sure. like, well, I peaked in sophomore year <laughs> of college when I wrote this like stupid little love song. Um, but, and I think it could also, I have to remain open to it, shifting away from songs. I, don't, like I, I was about if, to ask If that dries you. up, I'll maybe yeah. do something else. But um, yeah. you don't seem like someone that could ever be satisfied with like a typical like nine to five. Like you'll be making something until you die. I was thinking yeah. of like art in a different sense. Yeah. Like it would probably, you know what I mean? Like do songwriters always, like, are we open to being creative in a different way? Or does sure. it have to be that? You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. And to That's still kind of like see that as valid. Like, even I've just been like doodling a lot lately. Yeah. And when I, when, can I just like doodle on a page for an hour and like that brings me a lot of enjoyment so why can't i just be like i'm not going to put it online and sell it and that's probably good but like yeah can that just be my creative Mm -hmm. expression and 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 that's what you're saying about not like you know it's like if i'm sitting down at the piano and i just like hate every note i ever play Mm -hmm. it's like well maybe i just should be creative maybe i should go paint something or yeah or or feel the freedom to just like be Mm -hmm. creative in that time i'm reading Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, no, you go ahead. Please, I've talked way please, too much. Please on the... stop fighting. <laughs> uh, no, that book I'm reading about Miles Davis, like mm. in his later years, he painted like from first thing when he woke up to like almost the whole day. Wow. Yeah. He started dating an artist and just like that became his whole mm. life for a while. And then he would practice like that at, in the afternoon. But for the most part, like he just painted. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's really. When I, when I was in my really dark this is what i was gonna say so that worked that was a good yeah yeah uh, when i was in my really bad season of writer's block i i I watched this david bowie interview and he talked about how like when i'm i don't want to force the songs out so i just start painting until something comes Mm. out and so i took that to heart i'm not a painter and sure. I've painted the worst. Yeah. Oh, it's on our fridge. And Aaron Is put it, it on our fridge. Yeah, check it out. It's really funny. So when you talk about like you're scared uh, marriage would like make you less creative or whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. Going back to that. Marriage has been such a gift for me because I will never impress Aaron. Mm. And it's that's such a freedom to be able to like, hey, I wrote another bad song today. And she's like, cool. What do you want for dinner? <laughs> and like, that's the whole conversation. Wow. That's cool. It's I've, I would say that for us, marriage has made it's made writing more enjoyable because it takes the pressure off of it. And mm. it's made creativity something that I get to share with someone, which is really, really yeah. great. And I don't, I think had it been, had it not been for Aaron, I would have died in that, uh, in that season of not writing songs because I would mm. like you, you get so inward and self-sabotaging that like I was digging a hole. I couldn't even dig myself out of. Mm. And it's just nice to be looking at someone that like, Hey, I literally couldn't care less about this. Like this is not you. Like, yeah. You, you, if this song is wonderful or bad, like yeah. I still want to be like, she would I, I, I felt for him, but I didn't ever feel sorry for him. Hmm. Yeah. Like I was like, I, it, that's not, it's not really the end of the world. <laughs> like, yeah. Like so was that, was that that way? Like from the beginning? For you guys, I guess I'm curious because Corey and I's relationship starts as like she's basically a fan, all things considered, sure. right? Like she oh, loves sure. my music, she's for yeah. it, and so now after all this time, it's like, man, like could I play you something and you just be like, oh, that one's not that good? Like, do am I even getting an honest reflection, or am I just with a person? Oh, who, I like, tell him is, if I don't. Oh, like that's no. what I'm saying. Like, but how did you work to that? Was that easy? Oh, it was there from it was just, the beginning. It was right there for you because Aaron. If I don't, 
if I don't care for something, I usually just don't say anything. Mm. Uh, but that hurts his feelings too because totally. he's like, I'm so he's like, yeah. he's like, he's like, what are you thinking? I'm like, my mind's literally blank from that. <laughs> and he's like, what do you, you literally have no thoughts from that. But it's true though. That's just, that's yeah. just kind of how I operate. Well, but. it's, it's interesting because when people watch her sing backwards heart on stage or whatever, they think that, Oh my gosh, she has like so much. It just, she seems so connected to the music, hmm. but in the best way, there's this casual relationship she has to songs in their early days to where she's like, I don't know, could take it or leave it. I think I feel the most connected to that one, though, because that one's like from my perspective. Yeah, but I mean, but, that's what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah, no, what, I know what you're saying. It would be like finding out that Andre Agassi does, never really liked tennis, hmm. which is a weird reference I just made. Wait, um, Andre Agassi <laughs> was like one of the world's most famous tennis players. And when he wrote his autobi- autobiography, he said, yeah, I never really liked tennis. Yeah, but and, what do you... I but don't... for Aaron... Like the process for us is she'll be cooking. I'll come in, play a song for her. And it's usually like, yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, so how do you want your eggs? Yeah, <laughs> you know, honestly. Like, yeah. But that mm-hmm. that keeps a, such a safe space for me to yeah. be bad and to be good and it not be the thing that I am. I think my, yeah. sorry, go back, go back to fear of like what we'll lose, right? Sure. Like my fear is just of losing music, period. Mm. And so if it's in my life, I'm content right? because like I, and I think cause like I live my version of, cause I don't write the songs, right. I'm just kind of like an editor with them, mm. but like my version of scarcity in this music world was whenever I like had to stop playing in college mm. for like an injury. And so like I couldn't touch my instrument for like four months. Whoa. And so I was just like angry. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just, that's whenever I picked up running and that, and I never would have picked up any type of exercise, but I did. And like that, I was so angry. And like mm. the only thing I could do was some, I'd like would listen to the pieces I wanted to play and just run. But yeah, so my version of losing it would be just not having music in my life because mm. whenever I met him, I didn't, I saw Nickel Creek when I was 16 <laughs> and it was the first concert I saw that was not classical. And I saw a chick playing violin and singing and I was like, I did not know you could do both. Wow. And then... I was like, I shoved that aside and was like, well, I could never do that because I'm on the path to be a teacher. Mm. And then, um, so whenever I met you, it was very much like my 16 year old self, like being like, hey, this is literally being handed to you. If wow. you pass this up, you won't get to do this. Wow. So my fear is of losing music. So I, I think I live at um, a little bit of like lower stakes. Like I just live in, hmm. in terms of like uh, losing it. Do you know what I mean? Because I can, you always struggle with the fact that I can be content in whatever stage we're in. Sure. Like, I don't super care whenever we don't get the booking agent or we right. don't get the, I mean, this most recent, like, placement thing really sucked. <laughs> we just lost a bit. Yeah. We lost, yeah. And that was hard. But, like, I, I don't, that was just, like, a sustainability thing for sure. me, though. So, I live in well, a different. Well, it hurts to lose any type of work. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's yeah. just real life. But, but I wonder, yeah. I wonder if you feel this way. This, uh, Going back to the diff- the biggest difference. Sorry, I just her- woke up in real time. Yeah, I'll yeah. Stop yeah coffee just kicked in. Yeah, just there she goes. So, I feel like coach. I'm waiting to. I'm not giving myself permission to live my life mm. until I get to that thing. Oh yeah. Wow. Like I'm like. And the irony is that like you won't write the song you need to write until you like live right the thing you need to yes. live. You yeah. Know? And the thing is, is that last night was I told you that was the closest to church i've sure. been outside like 
and we were in a house with like 40 people or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And it's like, why do, what, what is the self-sabotage that keeps me from just being like, yeah, you arrived, dude. It may not get better yeah. than this. Enjoy it while it's here. And I like the way you put it, like to me, the way you're describing the songs, which is like early, and I would say early, like the first 10 years maybe of writing songs and like having that part of it is just like everyone I'm so attached to. And I'm so like, oh, maybe this is like the one that, and if you can approach each one, even if it is your best, biggest song and it's about to change the world, like if you can approach each one, like it's just another day doing what I do. It's, right. it's not, right. I mean, yeah. I, I was just reading um, uh, like this big book on Imagine, the John Lennon record. And yeah. like, Imagine was the same way. Like for him, it was just like, they thought that was a good song. He was more stoked about like two other songs on the record. You know, yeah. like it, it, it's not, it really doesn't benefit at all to get all worked up about um, how the presentation is going to happen or how people are going to respond or whatever. It's just, the more I can view it, just like, you know, yeah, I, I love what I do. Like I'm, I'm hurt when I miss an opportunity. Like I, I do take it somewhat personal or whatever, but like, you know, I, I just keep working on it. Like if you were worked at an insurance company and you like, you, you don't approach every day, like it's make it or break it. And so you've put in the time, you've put in sure. years of touring or whatever. Nobody can take that away. And so, like, I don't need to be so worked up when good or bad things come. I should just, yeah. like, okay, cool. Maybe, you know, maybe I'll do that. Maybe yeah. not. I But, yeah, it, it's hard because I, I think in a relationship, like, one of you is going to be more that than the other. Sure. And <laughs> Which the, and, I think and, is okay. And what yeah. a gift, though, you know, because yeah. you, you need a little bit of that, like, yeah. crazy artist like i want to get that next i want to yeah. be better i want to be you you also like what i'm describing now if you start off that way i don't think you'd ever get a foot out the door and, sure. and i know yeah. artists and, and musicians that are just phenomenally more talented and like insanely good but they they're almost so good and so pure that they don't have that kind of hustle yeah, part yeah. of it where they want to be exposed they want to be seen and it takes a part of that. You know, like no, nobody was going to find my music yeah. on its own because there's a million right. other songwriters putting stuff on the internet. Like I, I had a desire to be seen and to be heard and like I put myself out there. And, and that's, we, we were talking earlier about, um, um, oh man, uh, just about feeling like fraudulent. And that, yeah. and that was kind of a part of it. It's like, oh, well, here I am like wanting to be this pure like songwriter guy but i've like hoard myself on instagram for years and i've done all these things to like like want success and so yeah. like who am i to be finally getting it? And, that, and, and that's another form of self-sabotage you know yeah. that's like right yeah we all deserve it we all deserve to have a million followers and everybody love our music but yeah um yeah it's just finding that balance yeah, yeah. do people still use the phrase hoard themselves or is that one like kind of out of date i just said it, it felt and then really I was like, right when you said it though no when you <laughs> said when you said it it felt i was talking about myself i probably wouldn't say that about anybody else because i would feel like it was like shaming to women or something mm. i'm a man whore not a woman whore anyway i love that um, so we try to end uh we try to end every episode with something that we're all excited about are we done already Is it yeah, i know it blows oh it God. blows blows by man this uh the weather is super dreary yeah. so like it. Yeah, so and it's also like we all woke up at like eight to do this because because yeah. you're about to hit the road and, and we gotta hit the road too. But it's like what? No, it, we don't. It's uh, no our day, sure. um, and is here. 
I'm gonna be also yelling. marriage is like having Sorry. like a witness to the prosecution at all times. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I said something that was a little bit off. Aaron's like, no, no, no. What are you talking? Like, yeah, I slept for like Man. all day yesterday, and she's like, you slept for less than eight hours. That like, all, it's just that's all the it. time. Love Constant you. check. That's yeah. good. Uh, but we try to end every episode with something that we're super excited about. Sure. Uh, so what is something that you're super excited about? Um, completely unrelated to music. I just got my motorcycle license. Oh, so that's exciting. Gonna, yeah, it was weird. I called it motorcycle camp. I had to go spend like two days with all these other really guys in Florida. Yeah, you have to get. That's you have what to go that to is. Like, you have to go to like a training. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still feel like I cannot ride a motorcycle. Like I, I, the, you never leave a parking lot. You know what I mean? I don't think yeah. I ever went oh, faster weird. than like 25 miles an hour. So the thought of like driving one down the highway is still horrifying, but, um, I think that would be really cool yeah. to like have a way to get around My first year in Seattle, we shared a car and I, I didn't have wheels. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm excited about that, but I'm, I'm just excited about like, um, this year I want to just like write a lot of poems and like hang out on my back porch and hang out with my cat and try to just i've been so nomadic for a couple and george i got a cat named george now oh nice um in seattle um yeah i don't know i'm 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 excited about a lot of things i guess cool yeah what What are you guys excited about uh i stayed up way too late last night trying to (laughs) i'm watching girls for the first time whoa they shot that? that in um greenpoint New York where I record that we yeah. would be oh, recording cool. and like walk There's, down and see them. She said there was an episode with Pete's candy store. The Pete's candy store. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, wait, have we played that? It was weird. Um, yeah, I stayed up way too late trying to get through that because I'm very curious as to what's going to happen. I'm mm-hmm. in season five. Mm-hmm. You watched five, um, four seasons last night. <laughs> That's amazing. Really did it. In no. double speed I with ju- captions. Yeah. Just went to sleep. No, we've been, uh, I love the new Star Wars series because of Kylo yeah. Ren and it's so cool seeing Kylo Ren and girls. Your pants. Oh, is he in there? That's yeah, I'm literally funny. wearing Star Wars pajamas Adam right now. Adam Driver. Yeah, Adam yeah, Driver's in, he yells in watched, every episode. I just watched it. He's so good. I didn't realize he'd be in like the whole show. He was pretty unscary bad guy in Star Wars to me though. Like I just felt like oh. he was so sad. No, I know. That's why well, that, I love That's kind of why it's good though, right? Yeah. It's like not this like dark menacing. Yeah, it's Sith. like, oh, it's a, like a, troubled... a villain that I can relate to. Yeah. Where it's like, I don't know what it's like to be hungry for power for any other reason than like, I feel like I deserve it. Yeah. His character in daddy the show issues. is so good. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I just didn't expect the Christian twist at the end when he like got raptured. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> 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 I didn't realize that's where I was heading. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, the <laughs> sorry, thing I'm George excited Lucas. about is 1917. We just oh, saw Oh, that was so oh, yeah. good. Yeah. It's uh, so maybe good. my favorite movie of all time. spoke it. And three minutes later, I got an ad for it. You remember that? That did. Really? Big Brothers. Oh, Big like Brothers immediately. Watch it. Yeah, it was mm. wild. Yeah, so I'm super excited. How, how do we do that for our music? You know what I mean? Like I someone's know, yeah. just talking about, like someone's, <laughs> Why can't someone's Amazon... crying and then they just like, they scroll through Instagram and it's like, Corey, go get it. Corey, go get it. Yeah. Yeah, why can't Amazon I'm, push our records every funny. time someone talks um, about something weird? I'll try to ask them. I see uh, Seattle's Amazon town. There's oh, like that's true. where it's like, that's what we need. We need Big Brother to get involved, yeah. I think. That's the only you chance we do. That sounds healthy. Yeah. Dude, thank you for doing yeah, this podcast. We've this been waiting to do this treat. forever, I and I really appreciate yeah, it. I can't believe it's over. For this. this was such thanks a joy. Thanks for feeding me breakfast and letting me Jeremy, cuddle you your dog. breakfast for everyone. I, I know. I did. I've never made... Classic, like, American breakfast. I've never made that much bacon Scrambled eggs and bacon. Yeah, you made a lot. It came out good. came out. It's hard to make more food than you're used to, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm not a... It's really hard... 
be cooking anything in a house with Aaron because she's an amazing cook. Mm. And it's like, hey, do you want these like soggy eggs just oh, out yeah. of as an act of love? Is no, it enough? You did great. It was. Yeah, it was I was really, really thankful this morning when I woke up and I could hear that you were making. Did you it. put anything in the eggs? I saw low and slow. Low and slow okay. and salt. That's all I. That's, that's no you like really, water or milk to no, fluff them or listen, anything. No, you wow. literally low. Sorry, I could really get heated about no, this. No, I like it. Low I'm and a, slow. I'm the cooker at our house. That's all you need. Low and you slow. Don't, How you don't low? Need to put anything in it. But like like two. Oh wow! It takes forever. What about for I've been like up over since seven eggs? and you stir them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, low and slow. Like same thing on over easy. You do them low. Like you just want the yellow runny. Yeah. You put a. You put a little lid over it and like steam it, and mm. you never have to flip it. Don't flip it. No, then you that's the most it. fun part. Okay, well then you can flip it. But if it's better, it's better. I mean, <laughs> I'll flip something else. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one. Okay, thanks for coming. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> We're gonna do things a little bit differently on this week's episode. We're gonna end with one of Corey's tunes. This is his brand new song. And so very fitting to this episode. This is Corey Kogannon's Therapy is Cool. Thanks for listening.